Welcome, everyone, to All the Way Down, episode 16. How y'all doing? I'm doing well. But yeah, I, I was asking them, actually. I was waiting for them to answer, if you oh, could just hold shit. off for a second. Anyway, how are you doing, buddy? Uh, quite well. Um, you know, things, things are going uh, around here. But you, how are you? I'm good. Um, I didn't do at all what I said I was going to do last week, uh, which was do E3 research. Because the only E3 research that I um, managed to, well, not research, but you know, e- E3 info that I found was people just going, God damn, that sucked. And it was really demotivating trying to find anything. So, Oh, um, yeah, I- yeah. The, the public reception of E3 was pretty low this year. Um, what, one thing I was surprised about was that um, Sony meant it when they said that they weren't doing E3 this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, I, they like, didn't cause... do E3 for the past couple of years, did they? I don't know. They, they've always did, done the, nah, the state they, of play. Oh, it did the okay. So they so they've been pulling a Nintendo for a while. Actually, like, I want to say yeah. For a while, I want to say they, they kind of. Ago. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, it was just it was years ago that Nintendo was the first like big dudes to pull out of E three and just say we're mm. doing a direct instead. Um, and then for years, though, Microsoft and Sony still did a press conference. And then, like, Bethesda started doing one, and Square Enix started doing one, and Ubisoft. And But, yeah. now, but now you're saying for multiple years, Sony hasn't done theirs, huh? I'm pretty sure Sony pulled out, like, midway through the PS4's life and said, hmm, okay. we got enough to show off. We need our own, our own stand, you know? Yeah, but, well... Come to think of it, their press conferences started to get really overly like ambitious and kind of pretentious. Where uh, there was like that one year where everybody sat down in the uh, in the arena, whatever it is, right? They sat down at the stage, and Sony's conference started, and they played like one trailer. Maybe it wasn't even a trailer, it was just like a musical performance or something, and then they had everybody get up and file to this other place where they were actually doing their press conference. They were they had like a tent outside or something. Uh, That's weird. This w- yeah, um, I remember watching the coverage of it. Uh, like Jeff Gersman of Giant Bomb was the one who was there, and I was watching like the other Giant Bomb people who were back watching the stream. Right, and they had to call him and just be like, "What? What's going on right now?" <laughs> you know, and he's explaining that like, yeah, they had to have everybody file into this other place where then they showed them the rest of the press conference, <laughs> um, and it all seemed very. Uh, what's the word when it doesn't need to happen? You know. Superlative. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it seems like uh, well, it seems like then they were kind of going that way for a while because E three is one of those things where I mean I don't know how this shit works, how the event planning goes or anything like that, but I assume there's probably a lot of money being exchanged, you know, hand to hand about who can have what time slot, how far, how long they can go on on stage. And, you know, Sony being literally the biggest in gaming probably just went, fuck it, why don't we have our own, you know? But if they were trying to funnel people out of the show to their tent for, for like, additional time, it's like, were they just trying to save money or were they testing the waters or... I. Th- I think it was supposed to be an experience because this, uh, th- this was when I believe this was when they showed the last of us Two. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, their their conferences for a while were always like, you know, here they've got the whole orchestra and some like ridiculous uh, visual thing going on, and they they would have lengthy times of just like, you know, self masturbatory stuff uh which i kind of like you know i i i liked that they that you know it shows like some it shows some confidence uh that's not just like you know suits saying big words that bugs me speaking of suits saying big words uh verizon had a e3 show this year what so getting to this year's e3 yeah one thing that i didn't know about last week that i only learned is apparently verizon had a show uh so what did they show i don't I, you know um I don't, I, <laughs> I don't really know Not, nothing that i remember how to pay uh, three grand to get three feet of cabling if you live somewhat out of suburbia oh dude how about that conference yeah. can we have that conference <laughs> fuck getting decent internet in the sticks man it sucks yeah um so yeah that i i used to live in minneapolis and the the one thing that sucked about moving out was that the block that i lived on was just getting fiber internet installed as we moved out <laughs> that sucks but uh so yeah i i don't even really remember what verizon showed i mean i i don't even know if it was mobile focused but it, it was like very corporate you know uh but yeah yeah i yeah i don't really have much to say about e3 because really for me the the big stuff was metroid dread yeah i didn't even watch the trailer for that's that. that's it <laughs> i i I'm, that i need to though yeah, de- definitely check out the trailer for that. Um, if you know what uh, Samus Returns looked like on 3DS, where it had like the 360 degree aiming, uh, it looks like it's going to have that again. And, I didn't like, the even. Parrying. I didn't even know Samus Return got a 3DS remake, so that's news to me because I only have ever owned the Game Boy version. Okay, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, you know, it's it's that game where like you know, there's the lava that keeps you from going down, and you got to kill enough Metroids, and then it goes down. Do they down preserve and... the soundtrack? Because that soundtrack is amazing. Uh, I you know I don't specifically remember too much about the soundtrack. I'm sure that it probably had that at least the main hmm. theme uh, of that game in it. But yeah, um, it, it had you know, and then there's like there's like the alpha, beta, gamma, Metroids where the first ones are just like the pod kind of, and you got to kind of shoot them in the in the ass. Uh, but then there's like the ones later that crawl, and then there's the ones later that look like a big alien, you know. So it had all that stuff in it. Uh, but the big thing that like kind of really made it stand out as a Metroid game is that you could aim in, like, 360 degrees, you know, because of the 3DS's analog. Uh, So, yeah, you held down. Instead of there being a button that's aim up, they they all did it kind of differently. Super Metroid was, like, R aims up and L aims down diagonally, but then the Game Boy Advance ones made it so that L... And maybe I got those mixed up, by the way, but that's the point. Um, But then... The Game Boy Advance ones made it so that L like aims up, and then you press down once while holding L, and then that aims diagonally down. It sounds kind of weird, but it's fine. It seems like and it's then, the Metroid equivalent to Castlevania's Super Castlevania Four, where you get to whip in three sixty degrees or just have control of it. So that, but that's eight directional. Oh really? So so the three DS one now is like when you when you hold that 
R button or whatever it was to aim. Now you use the analog stick and like it's it the animation looks really good the way that like the character has this this full aiming arc to their body position, you know? Uh, and yeah, you can aim anywhere and you get a laser to guide you a little bit. And then the other big thing that that one did to set it apart was that you could parry enemies. So like enemies would do like melee attacks on you where they had this little glint, like pling, you know, as they attacked and you could do this, this gun swipe melee that would parry them and then that would like go into a cool move where you you know that they would get knocked back and you would if you hit the aim button you would automatically aim at them so then you could like hit them with a missile or something Oh, okay like Um, a little combo thing going on yeah yeah like it kind of reminded me of metroid other m the way that that game like other m was really actiony where like uh that's a wii game right yeah, that one was on Wii, and uh, so the thing about Other M was that it it was third person, it was 3D, but it was third person. So unlike Prime, where they went to 3D, they made it first person, this one, you can run, there's like sections that are side-scrolling 2.5D kind of, but then there's also parts that go back and forth, and parts that go all around, you know? So like, it feels third person, right? And uh, that one had a lot of like, like, you know, cool stuff in it that you could do, like uh, jump onto an enemy and you would like mount the enemy and then you could shoot him in the head and stuff. Um, and you, you, like doing some like real fancy character action, Devil May Cry ish kind of stuff, right? I hate uh, that. My, and- the first thing that comes to my mind is actually Dante's Inferno because I think that was the first intro to that kind of game that I ever played before I got into oh. God of War. So it's like, oh yeah, that's unfortunate. <laughs> I know Dante's I've- Inferno is. <laughs> but the thing is, I, because I didn't have a, a way to compare it against like God of War or Devil May Cry, I didn't know what was bad so i got all the way through that game and beat it and you know the ending wasn't really satisfactory but getting there wasn't too i mean i got to the end so it was at least that good okay yeah i i played it i mean i played like the demo of it and was just like this is just this is just god of war but (laughs) but but like half of, <laughs> you know god of war minus all the cool ideas and yeah. minus all the cool shit literally half the <laughs> blades too because you have a scythe and just a scythe is never going to be as actiony as two swords yeah or you yeah. know the other weapons he gets uh after he beat well this is god of war 3 but oh my god dude nothing i don't think any other like hack and slash kind of game has ever simulated the the <laughs> The sheer like testosterone flow I got, uh, taking her, like robbing Hercules of his giant lion brass fist weapons and mm-hmm. beating his face into a bowl like a bloody just pulp as you go down into Hades on the fall down from uh from from Mount God damn it what's the what's the Mount Olympus yeah Mount Olympus yeah I was thinking Is that Vesuvius. The- is that the particular kill where they let you sit there and mash the button yes. for literally just. as long as you want of Kratos just just smashing just his face at some point in. the screen is just it, at some point the screen is 100% covered in blood yep. and you can just sit there and keep mashing it yeah yeah and i didn't God know that God of War 3 is a hell of a game it's so good it like it's it takes what you like about God of War 1 and 2 and just cranks it the fuck up and adds more like honestly like i, I I've been a Mortal Kombat fan my whole life, 
and the gore from that fight, like nothing has been more like, oh, did I really just do that in a video game? Like I, I, yeah. that beats Mortal Kombat for me. That specific fight. Uh, for me, I think the one thing that I'll never forget in God of War three. Uh, is when you kill Helios. Yes. When it's like you fight Helios and Kratos just fucking mounts him and gets his hands under his chin and you get this like close-up shot of him just straight up just tearing his fucking head off. Oh, it's so it, it, brutal. It's, it's so gnarly. I was like, um, I was like flinching when I did that the first time. I was like, oh, whoa. <laughs> Yeah, the PS3 does have good graphics. (laughs) And then you just use his head as a lantern for the rest of the game. Yeah, Yeah. God of War 3 is a cool fucking game. Yeah, it it doesn't let you forget that. um, The uh, weapons were really cool, because, yeah, you get the the chain blades that Mm -hmm. he always has, but then, like, Hades' weapon was really cool, where it was, like, a couple, like, hooks on Mm -hmm chains so it's still on chains but they made them feel a little bit different like yeah the, the biggest thing i remember was that normally in the game you have a dodge roll but if you have the hades hooks equipped instead he like throws the hooks over and pulls himself in a direction mm-hmm. yeah they added um, mechanics to it and they also made it so like they'll have different kinds of damage like well not different kinds of damage like blunt or you know slash not not like that but like the damage that they did seemed inversely proportional to the range it handicaps you from from your normal uh chain sword swing range oh yeah like, yeah like hercules is gig- just gigantic metal lion heads for fist weapons uh the range was the smallest in the game but oh my god it was so fun because when you hit you felt like that giant like 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 you felt like a whole person just like get launched back from a single blow to the face. It was crazy. Loved it. My favorite weapon in the yeah. entire game. <laughs> I, I also really liked what they did where they um they they had it so that your magic attacks were bound to what weapon you had equipped also. Ooh. So it, hmm. it didn't get too like menu confusing. Because I feel like God of War two might have done that. But it I only did. played God of War two once so I don't really remember. Did you beat it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I only played it once as well. I just want to make sure you like you got the full story though. Yeah, yeah. That is a great um, story too. Like I you feel so fucking badass as Kratos. <laughs> yeah, uh, I I've been playing I actually uh just today in the mail I got God of War 1 and 2 for PS2 mm. because I've been thinking about replaying them. I have God of War 1 already, but it's the greatest hits. It's like yeah. the only game in my collection for PS2 that's greatest hits. So I played got a black them, label of that. I actually played them digitally. Um, that's how I got into God of War. Because, well, okay, so truth be told, uh, my friend Tyler begged me to get or play 3 because it's an amazing game, rightfully so. But I was like, yeah, I want to get the story down. So I download off PSN on the PS3 at the time, uh, the first two beat them because hey it's upscaled and all this but <laughs> i actually played my ps3 on a crt at the time because we were we were broken there was an old tv in our bedroom i was like that's here to stay <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh so i played the uh, crt um ps3 ps2 emulation of god of war one and two together and i don't remember not if that's the hd remaster that i bought later or if it was legit just the ps2 games um emulated 
But either way, on a CRT, I didn't have any problem with the graphics whatsoever. Um, I mean, I, I could tell that they weren't as good as God of War 3, but who cares? Um, the games were good. I, I, 2 definitely got a little convoluted with the magic, from what I remember from what you said. But yeah, I have no desire to play them again unless I just want to get the story all over again. But like, I need to play, I haven't played God of War 4 yet. Everyone tells me I need 4 so bad. I have no interest in it. If really? you're talking about you're talking about the reboot. Reboot would you call it a reboot? Well, it's just called God of War and what? he's got like Yeah, yeah, it's not called God of War 4. It's not even called God of 4. It's just called God of War. I've only ever heard people call it God of War 4. Uh kind of like Doom 4 when people talk about yeah, that. Yeah, what is yeah. this? Did I just is, is this Also it's like isn't it like Norse mythology instead of Greek mythology well, and yeah, everything? So that's I think why it's I a full on reboot. That's why I asked what, why why you thought it was a reboot because um the lore in 3, I want to say is that that's when he accomplishes everything that he wants to so and so and jumps off the cliff, but then like if you stay past the credits there's evidence that he definitely didn't die. He's obviously not dead because he moves on with his life and has a son. Um, where he yeah, gets through to the Norse bullshit, universe, I don't know how it way. works. Bullshit, by the way. Why yeah. didn't they just end the story with him killing himself? Like, like that was that. <laughs> it's the very first. It's like the way that the whole trilogy opens and shit. I don't know. I, I, I thought I, I was annoyed by the fact that they like. Uh, they they did the ending that you know was deserved, and then like went eh, at the end, you know. And I, I don't know. <laughs> I but, I don't know. Uh, it never really bothered me. I I didn't think. Um, I didn't really get the 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 sense or feeling that suicide was gonna be the end, but it was alluded to ever since the very beginning of the series. So it, yeah. they kind of had to show it to you. So I was like, there's no way he's dead after this. No way. And now apparently, you know, he's out there in Valhalla now. I don't know what's going on. I don't even know the story of how he got there, what the, how they explain it or anything. I actually don't even think the kid is his son. I'm pretty sure his son is adopted. But I again, mm. haven't played it. I don't know. So Right, right. But yeah, on that original trilogy, I think a lot of people dismiss God of War for being a hack and slash uh or, or like a button mashy kind of game but i don't know i i thought that uh i thought the games were very very good uh because the thing that they do like yes in order to strike your enemies you use square for weak attack and mm -hmm. then you end your combo with triangle on strong attack right and that's mashy but the game's got multiple weapons that feel very different from each other. Even the first game had that big sword that you get, you know, that's short range and super powerful. So you got multiple weapons. On top of multiple weapons, you've got grab attacks as well as your regular strong and weak attacks. You've got magic, you know, you've got the bow and shit. So you have all these different tools, and they give you a whole bunch of different wep uh, enemies and enemy varieties that make you use all these different tools, right? Some enemies, you got to use the bow on, or at least you very much should. Some enemies, you got to use grab attacks on. You know, some enemies, uh, when they attack you, you should dodge roll, but other enemies, when they attack you, you should block, right? Okay, so what would you and define as a hack and slash? Like, name a game I mean, for that. It, it is a hack and slash. Oh. I'm just saying people, I, I, I think... 
hack and slash has too much of a negative stigma on it where when oh, people hear that they assume that the gameplay has no depth that's that's what i'm getting at i think people uh dismiss god of war as having no depth to its combat and i'm saying it does uh i i mean i guess i can see that um only in that people think a hack and slash is like I never thought it was derogatory, but it does ring of like arcadey kind of beat 'em up that kind of thing, where you don't associate games like that with having a whole lot of an emotional appeal or, or touching you in a certain way. You know, that yeah. sounded silly, well, but <laughs> most well, most of what I hear though is people are just, oh, the combat's so lame, you just mash buttons and everything dies, right? Oh, and so that's people are so saying that's what a hack and slash is. What God of War is like, um, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, Because particularly, I mentioned, like, the the thing that always really impressed me with God of War is that, like, I mentioned that the different enemy types have, like, different ways that you have to deal with them, and then what the games are always so good at is giving you different combinations of those enemies all the time, you know what I mean? Like, a lot of the time, they would introduce a new enemy to you, like a big troll, and you'd fight one of them, right? And it's like, and then you learn how to fight it. Oh, I get it, I gotta, I gotta dodge roll this attack, here's my opportunity to attack. Oh, and you end the fight by grappling him. Okay, I get it now. Then, immediately, now you fight two of them at once. <laughs> oh, shit, right? Then, now also, there's these other guys that you're fighting at the same time that you're fighting two of them, now that you've learned, right? Kind of forces and, you into using the higher mechanics of the game. Yeah, and like that pacing, I think, is so, so good, and the games yeah. are so good at it. Until we get to the forgotten God of War game that no one ever talks about. Chain of Memories? Uh, Chains of Olympus was the PSP one, and it was fine. <laughs> Did I just call Chain it of Kingdom Hearts? Kingdom Hearts game, yeah. <laughs> They're the same uh, game to me, because it's like a PSP exclusive, and it's like a, a weird story explaining in between two games, and uh, yeah, you're right, no one ever talks about it. Well, no, no, I'm not talking about that one, though. Chains of Olympus is fine. That game's totally fine. Oh, okay. Ghost of Sparta, also totally fine. I didn't play There's, either of them. There's five, if you include the PSP games as being good, uh, there's five God of War games that are great. The one that no one ever talks about is God of War Ascension. Oh, wait a minute. I think I tried to download this once and then never heard anything about it. <laughs> it fucking sucked. What was so it about? It was, a, it was a God of War game where you didn't play as Kratos, you just played as some beefcake, right? And that's fine, he's a beefcake. Uh, but like the issue I had with it was that all of that, like interesting pacing to the fights was gone. It was like, it had the God of War combat, but I just felt like you were always fighting just strings and strings of the same enemy over and over again without there being a combo and there like an interesting combination of enemies and there being too many of the same one at the same time. The kind of game where, like, you're sitting there fighting these dudes and fighting these dudes, and and you start to think, like, am I doing this right? Is there something else I'm supposed to be doing? Because it'd be ridiculous if they just wanted me to fight this many of this enemy, right? Uh, but then you kill a couple more and you move on, and it's like, oh, yeah, I guess that's how they designed it. And that happens over and over, right? Where so, you, if you stay in the same place, they'll just keep coming at you? No, no, no. I mean, like, they. it turns out that they actually did want you to just kill a hundred of them. You oh, know? yeah. <laughs> but, but you're questioning it, though. You're wondering, like, am I supposed to be going somewhere? Um, yeah, mm, so yeah. it was one of those games. And then also, like, not being Kratos, I, I don't think that they... 
did a good enough story. You know, they didn't follow up Kratos well enough where the story was really boring. And I, I don't remember a single detail about it. Uh, and then, though, that was the one where they introduced online multiplayer. So there was online multiplayer in God of War Ascension also, which was... That always works uh, out well. <laughs> yeah, I remember it being very okay for like a couple days, and then people figured out how to do, uh, how to do like, what do you call it, when, like a combo where they're going 100% health to dead in one combo, right? People figured out how to do that, where they can just kill you in one combo, and then and then shit. It just it, it was no good. <laughs> Let me ask you a question that kind of spins off on that. Um, mm-hmm. What is a game that comes off the top of your head first when I say, "Why does it have a multiplayer?" <laughs> <laughs> uh probably Bioshock 2. And then the multiplayer actually being not too bad, but oh, everyone Assassin's Creed. Okay. All right, yeah, I can see that. I mean, I haven't actually yeah. played that, but I've seen it. Um where it's just like people question why the game has a multiplayer and because of that nobody plays it, but if you do play it, it's actually not too bad. Yeah, Assassin's Creed Brotherhood uh had online multiplayer and it was pretty cool. The, what it was was there were, like, four different NPC models, you know? Uh, but the, the, the town would be full of people, but they would just be, like, these four specific models uh, that were everywhere. And then you four players were those models, mm. right? So then it would say, like, hey, your target is this guy, you know? Your target is the guy with this hair and this outfit. And you have to figure out which one of them is that player by kind of studying their actions. Like, which one of these people isn't acting like an NPC, you know? Um, kind of like a weird cool. <laughs> prehistoric Among Us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, but, like, as, but you know, you are, you are hunting someone down trying to figure out which guy is actually yeah. them. But someone's doing it to you, too, you know? So mm. you need to do your investigation subtly and that kind of thing. That sounds actually um, pretty fun. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Uh, the matchmaking was horrendous, though, <laughs> where, like, I, I remember sitting in the lobby trying to find a match for 30 minutes at a time um, for some reason. Like, you just couldn't find matches sometimes. That- Even though it, there were players, there were active players, it would, like, keep filling up the lobby and then emptying it and then filling up and emptying it. I didn't know what the fuck was happening. It Probably totally just sorting broken. by connection, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's it was no good, though. My pick is uh, Doom 2016. Before, oh, yeah. before that game came out, they gave you a beta. You could play the fucking game before it even came out, but it was multiplayer only. Um, I think Uncharted 3 did this on the PS3 as well. Uncharted 2 even had uh, online multiplayer. It might have been Uncharted 2 that I'm thinking of. Um, well, they both did. Did they both? Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I, I want to say it was 3 then, because I was already a diehard Uncharted fan by the time I was stoked for 3 to come out. Um, and subsequently kind of let down by that game. But anyway, sideways. Anyway, uh, the, 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 the combat itself in, in both games, actually, uh, 
Uncharted and, and Doom 2016. The combat itself is everything like you would imagine in the actual game itself, except now there's other people doing it. And for a game like Doom 2016, that makes sense because it really kind of just feels like Quake. Feels like Quake, except now uh, there's a power up where you know one person gets possessed by an RNG demon, and uh, you know maybe maybe it was there. I think they made it your choice of what demon you want to spawn as uh, when you get to be the demon. But essentially, it's 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 Quake with 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 a demon here or there, and uh, I would say Uncharted 3's multiplayer was exactly like that, except the only other people you're fighting are other people. And it's weird because you're kind of also multi-managing like the the climbing aspects, the cover aspects, the weird ducking and covering you got to do to avoid uh, a grenade, trying to figure out whether or not a grenade's too hot and to see whether you can pick it up and lob it back at them, that kind of thing. Like, so it was like normal third-person Uncharted, but then there's like 12 more variables you have to account for and it was challenging when you got a people of uh, a group of people who were actually pretty good at it yeah yeah i i remember uncharted 2 and 3 having quite decent multiplayer and then uh uh also naughty dog the last of us had pretty great multiplayer also i did not try um, that because I think the last I like uh, maybe someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I want to say the Last of Us multiplayer was a little bit more like Counter Strike, where there was no respawning per round, right? Mm. So, um, so like the kind of stealthy trying to get around someone's back and that kind of thing was a lot more important. Because yeah. Um, yeah, it was like four on four <laughs> and uh, and you know short skirmishes where there's no respawning. Uh, and yeah, in the with with um, the Last of Us, you know, controls uh, just like with Uncharted's controls and stuff. Um, with all the options that you have, it it worked pretty well. I fucking hated the Last of Us. <laughs> the the regular game, The Last of Us. You didn't? Yeah, like it? I hated it so much. I didn't play the Ooh. second one. Ooh, let us explore this. Oh, um, I'm mo- It's mostly like butthurt hatred because it was a game that was. The story was so engaging that it had me attention. My eyes were just glued to it the entire time. Mechanically, uh, I was so bad at like the stealth of the game, and also the stealth in that game is just kind of generally shitty. Um, things you can get away with things you should never be able to get away with in 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 The Last of Us, and then things that seem trivial, like you know something that shouldn't be a problem at all, you'll attract a mob from across the map. It's really weird and buggy every time I played it. So I, I, I made no in, intent after like the beginning of the game to, to keep going stealthy. Because A, it's just too much like adrenaline flow. <laughs> but B, it's also just like... Ah, just, it fucking sucked, man. I, I failed every time. So I just did the normal thing. I just stayed undercover and, and firefighting the entire game all the way through. Only to be enraged by the ending and and going i'm never playing this shit again <laughs> oh yeah yeah man i loved the ending i i so last of us i i was at like the height of my ps3 fandom uh when that when that game came out um 
because like i was living with three roommates at the time right so like video game debate stuff was happening all the time right and uh and and that was when you know with ps3 it was just like i i thought i i think the ps3 crushed the xbox 360 so hard as far as like games that are on it for you to play um and with stuff like demon souls right and infamous and uncharted and heavy rain surprisingly though that was the generation that xbox kind of really humbled sony yeah right the 360 sold amazingly well yeah and yeah totally but like if you had a ps3 there were so many better exclusives on it Mm -hmm. uh and then and then the last of us was like i felt like that was like the what do you call it it's like the last one like the uh, there's there's AAA. there's a there's a word for it where it's the last one. Final uh, but anyway, point is, it, it it was like the big finale, right, of PS3 exclusives. It was the denouement. Was the Last of Us, uh, and yeah, and so I was so pumped for it. Um, I remember, uh, so I was working at GameStop at the time. Oh, you worked at GameStop? Yeah, That's and cool. Sony actually. Um, Sony brought the game in alpha to like a bunch of game stops and had and, like had like a night where the employees could play it. Cool. Uh, and th- yeah, this was like months before it came out. They were just like so confident in the game and they wanted it to sell so well that they actually had the Sony reps for each region like a schedule an after hours event at each store where they brought an alpha version of the game for people to play and you know what's funny is a lot of people after playing uncharted one two and three a lot of people played that demo and were like oh i didn't know this was a stealth game right and they were (laughs) and they were disappointed but i was like this is fucking great um (laughs) yeah and i i I totally loved the game it's not a stealth game spoiler alert (laughs) I, I implore you, if you try to go stealth, be prepared. Uh, yeah, maybe you know, I, maybe play uh, what's the what's the uh, series? Maybe play Tenchu Stealth Assassins first, and then <laughs> that'll prepare you for the stealth of this game. I uh, I had good luck with the stealth. I think. I mean, I, I certainly got into a lot of fights when I didn't intend to, but I, I personally didn't ever think that it was the game's fault necessarily. Um, when they were yeah. ha- having you play that game months in advance, did they make you sign like a not a waiver, but you know a non-disclosure agreement so. or anything? No, I don't think so. Because I mean, the point was for us to talk about it to get oh, you know, people, to get okay. people to pre-order it. Gotcha. Okay, I was gonna say like if you, I mean, you could totally just like take a cell phone video and leak some crazy shit. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a pretty small event, right? Like, you know, it was just the employees of the store, which is like six people. She would have known some or noticed someone uh, taking a cell phone video. (laughs) Hey, Um, cut it out. (laughs) Yeah. I I do think that that was not okay. Right. They didn't want us doing that. I'm sure I didn't even try though. I think back at that time I still had a, a, I didn't have a flip phone, but I had a slide phone, you know? It was like a phone mm. that, that su- it was like a candy bar phone, but uh, 
it slid open to reveal a keyboard, and that was pretty sweet. I was going to get one of those, but I religiously started buying Casio phones. Uh, Casio's G's one line of G, like you know how they have the G Shock watch, like the classic waterproof. Uh, you can bang on this watch all you want, and it'll survive. Uh, I've uh, got a Casio F ninety one W over here. I don't know if that's their G-Shock line, but it usually says G-Shock around the actual band. Well, not the band, but like oh. the actual, you know, round part. <laughs> I'm not a watch person. But they have yeah, G's yeah. 1. Uh, I don't know why they called it G's 1, or maybe it was like G-Zone or something. But they had their line of uh, mil-spec ruggedized phones. So I bought their flip phone and just had that thing for years because it lasted so long. Loved it. They even had like the the up rock or something like the no that's that's skull candy. It was just called the rock or boulder. And they had like that flip slide phone with the keyboard. But man, when they made their first smartphone, it was such dog shit and I ate it up. <laughs> I ate it up. It was like the worst running like teeny tiny little processor with no RAM in order to open Facebook as an application on it, it it took a good like ten seconds probably, and it was laggy when you used it. But I was like, f- everyone around me was like spending a hundred bucks a month to fix their iPhone screens, and I never oh, had that yeah. problem. I just saved money all throughout. Awesome. Yeah, work um, work in retail. Like this is this is uh, unrelated um, to to you know GameStop in general, but like work in retail, right? I was amazed, amazed how many people walk around with just a shattered phone screen yeah. that they just deal with, you know? Yep. <laughs> oh, or it, more than likely, it could just be the, the screen protector that's shattered and they just haven't unstuck it yet. But yeah, no, it's that was that was a thing for a long time. Uh, I, think they're, I think phone screens are generally more affordable now to replace. Maybe, that, yeah. And, and plans are weird now. Like, you can just get a whole phone, like, for free for, like, spending $25 and then signing something and to have a credit card and then, bam, magic. All, <laughs> you, all of a sudden, you have a $200,000 device in your pocket, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm still on work. my first smartphone. But oh, really? Definitely. Yeah. Um, Sorry, this is off topic, but I'm curious what it is. Uh, I think it is a Samsung Galaxy S5. Okay, wow, that's pretty good. Because I, I mean, I I have a Galaxy S S9, and then I have the S8 Act. I bought the Actives because they were the mil spec ruggedized versions of the those phones. But yeah, I'm I'm I've just been upgrading by taking my girlfriend's old phone every time she gets a new one and just saving a buttload oh, of money. Okay. <laughs> so the S10 is out now. Uh, it's been out. It's like the S twenty something now. Like they they, they went from S <laughs> ten to S twenty. It was weird. Oh really? Yeah. Gotcha. Um. Oh yeah. Kind of like uh. Didn't graphics cards do that? The Nvidia GTX. They had the man. They, they did one hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred. You know, they they did all those lines, and then when they got to a thousand, right? There was like the the ten eighty and all that, and then they went to the twenty eighty right after that. Dude, I built my PC. Uh, that was basically just a bar a hair under top of the line of the market in like 2011 i upgraded its graphics card once in like 2016 2017 and then like just kept using it so i haven't been in the gpu for a market for a long time they've changed the naming conventions on the amd side on the nvidia side people tell me 
Like people will tell me now, yeah, man, my my computer's kind of old. It's got like a, a a twenty sixty or whatever, and I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? I don't even know what that means anymore. And it's like, right, and it's it's not GTX anymore either. It's RTX now. Y- yeah, I think. I, well, or I think, maybe there's both. Maybe RTX is just ray tracing ability on a GTX graphics card. I don't fucking know. All I know yeah. is like, uh, it's like they'll be saying like talking some old fucking graphics card, and it's just like two years old <laughs> and i'm like yeah, yeah. dude i'm rocking something from 2013 over here and it's yeah. serving me actually pretty much just fine <laughs> for anything totally. i need it De- for depending on the kinds of games you play uh yeah. you can you can last on a regular graphics card or, or like on the same graphics card for a, a long long time i feel like that's uh, just been more true now than it ever has and i'm not even saying that because the cryptocurrency craze it just destroyed the fucking uh the, the gpu market i'm saying it because it's like i feel like no matter what games are optimized to where they can run on low settings uh well, where games had to be ran on low settings in order to be able to run on a certain GPU, I feel like games are more optimized now where you can use the medium setting. You know what I mean? I feel like graphics haven't improved so much that like a graphics card from 2013 can't keep up for the most part. It's yeah. It, I feel like the difference used to be far more pronounced in, in graphics card generations. I hear what you're saying, but dude, ray tracing looks pretty sweet. So that's what I was going to say. I was going to say ray tracing is just another like ability that a graphics card can turn, like you know, like high dynamic range, so sort of, sort of that kind of thing. If your display is compatible with it, you can show it. Of course, that's going to be a huge bog down. But like everything else on the graphics card, I feel like is pretty competent for a yeah. good amount of things. Um, totally um yeah especially you know like i'm saying especially like the kinds of games that you're into like when i when i got um when i bought a 980 right i bought a 980 when they were like the new hotness and uh but it was like i I got the 980 and then i went home and played another several hundred hours of binding of isaac on it you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like the classic joke of buying i'm gonna age myself here but uh, buying a 1080 ti to to play Minesweeper, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Exactly. Classic. Uh, and yeah, you know, I would still have that 980, but I, I had some issues with it and had to replace it. So I got a 2070 Super, I think. Um, and luckily, I'm like really glad now, though, that I got that because that was kind of right before. Now everything is crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. I get, I got all that out of the way right before it went down the shitter. Well, okay, so not really because the old shitty graphics card that I needed to upgrade, I actually just straight up uh, sold for about 75% of what I paid for it new to then use that money to buy a graphics card also used but like four or five years newer and I paid less money for that than I sold my previous graphics card for. That is how crazy the crypto market was. I think I bought that card for 160 and I sold my older, years older one, years much more used one, for, uh, for, like, for like 220 240 It was oh, insane. Yeah. Huh. I, I wonder how the 980 sells for now because I actually... The, the old one that I was having issues with, it only really gave me issues in my system. I tried swap, like when I was troubleshooting it, 
Um, and, and this, uh, like maybe someone else can relate to this story because it was the most frustrating computer issue I've ever had where basically it was when I was playing a game, occasionally the screen just goes black and it never comes back, right? The, the, the PC didn't shut down. It didn't restart or anything like that. Screen just goes black and that's it. Uh, and everyone's telling me, it's a power supply, it's a power supply, but, like, if it was the power supply, the whole ish- the whole computer would have restarted. Uh, so... Nah, not necessarily. But, you know, <laughs> well, I, I did, like, you know, I, I analyzed, I, you know, I got Corsair Link or whatever, because I have that, and, or, or used all kinds of monitoring programs to figure everything out that I could, and look at event logs and all that, and it, you know, I just, the power supply was fine, and then, though, in part of my troubleshooting, I swapped graphics cards with my girlfriend's PC, she had like a 480 or something, right, uh, and, um, and yeah, her graphics card worked just fine in my PC, my graphics card worked just fine in hers, so it was like some kind of combination uh, in my PC that was making it not work. Dude, I got. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, so I so I got the twenty seventy to replace it, and on the same power supply, it's working just fine. Uh, and then the, the the reason I was saying I wonder what I could have sold it for if I sold it is because I, I actually gave I just gave the nine eighty away oh. to our mutual to our mutual friend Melon though. So you know, he damn it! <laughs> Why didn't you sell it? <laughs> No, I mean like that's that's pretty good as long as it goes to you know someone who you know it's helping. I yeah. see that. I would say, um, damn it. Okay, no, I actually was going to ask something, uh, but now I, I totally lost that train of thought. I I was just going to say. Oh wait, no, no, I was going to talk about power supplies because holy fucking shit, power supplies from the day that I started building PCs in like two thousand six ish up until like just recently have been you buy it you put it in you don't think about it you plug it in it's done the past two computer builds that i have been through myself and another person who i helped build a pc have all had the scariest moment happened of when you go, you finish your PC, you turn it on, and nothing happens. It doesn't turn on, or something happens, and you don't. It doesn't make sense of what's happening, and it doesn't work. Uh, all of those have been junk power supplies, straight from the factory. Don't know what's going on. Don't know what the pandemic did. I don't know what about chip shortage. I don't know what low quality capacitors they're throwing in there. Transformers. I don't fucking know, but. PSUs have been dog shit lately. It's been oh. awful. Like I, ugh, dude, Th- three computers, and like it got to the point where I was questioning my my own skills as like a technician again because I was like, I've been doing this all my life. Why are power supplies like all of it? Like I didn't, it didn't make sense because like I didn't know there was a power supply. Like why are all these weird fucking things happening? And that's the thing. Whenever it comes to anything electronics wise, if you're seeing if you're testing something and the results that you get are just really weird and or inconsistent, it's almost always shitty power. <laughs> always start at the fucking wall and then work your way back. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I hope you don't pass that on to me because I I'm old Knox where like PSUs, they've always just worked. You know, yeah. every computer I've built, I put the PSU in and it's never given me trouble. Uh, and the only time that I've, I've 
dealt with power supply issues, like with friends, it's always been the easiest thing to to uh, diagnose. Where it's like, yeah, I'm using my computer, and then it just restarts, you know? And I'm like, yeah, yeah put a different power supply in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, or it's, you know, possibly a hard drive issue. I, I see that a lot, too. Mm-hmm. But, um, but where, where, how do we get on PC stuff? We're always oh, talking about how uh, games okay, have like back graphics. To, back to Metroid. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Because that's what got us into God of War and all that shit. All I was saying was that, uh, so that remake of Metroid 2 on 3DS, um, it, it, it kind of did the Metroid Other M thing where it made, it, it gave it uh, the the character a little bit more like cool dude action stuff. You know what I mean? Like where you can melee the enemies and do a parry on them and that kind of stuff. So you're like, you know. And uh, so Metroid Dread is made by that company. So the developer isn't like in-house Nintendo. It's Mercury Steam. Uh, but they're the ones who did Simon's Returns. Simon's Returns was good. And it looks like Dread is going to be like the same style. But hopefully they take what I'm talking about where like it, it did its own little thing where it had some cool action-y stuff. I hope that they take that idea and like the 360 aiming all that and do more interesting stuff with it, you know? Because uh, now they can. It's the sequel and it looks real good. Yeah. I. You know what? Not really super related, but because you're talking about Metroid, I've been debating whether or not back and forth I should buy this whole Castlevania collection thing. You know the, the the big compilation that they released to PS4 not too long ago. Uh, yeah, what all is on it again? Is it like everything like they did with the Metal Gear Legacy collection or whatever that was called? It's not everything. Um, let me actually see Castlevania collection. That's actually so. I was thinking about getting it because it just increases the accessibility for me to do what I wanted to do, which is beat every Castlevania game. Um, but there are things about it. Oh no, I just got to collecting games and such. And as I was going through them, I was looking at the list of things here, which is Castlevania one through three, Super Castlevania four, Castlevania the Adventure, Castlevania two, Belmont's Revenge. Castle. Those are both Game Boy games. Castlevania yep. Bloodlines, which is the Genesis game, uh, or Mega Drive. And then there's Kid Dracula. And uh, History of Castlevania, Book of the Crescent Moon. I, I guess that's like a little booklet that you get with it. Right, I did see this, because this is on Steam also. Yeah. Um, Kid Dracula is interesting, because there was a Famicom game, Kid Dracula, and there was a Game Boy game, Kid Dracula. And yeah. uh, only the Game Boy game actually got localized, but on that collection is the Famicom game. So that's, yeah. I think, the first time it's been released in English. But But the thing is... Kid Dracula localized on the Game Boy is, according to the creators of that game, it is both a uh, an enhanced remake and a sequel of Kid Dracula on the Famicom. So if okay. you supposedly if you play it on the Game Boy, you're not missing anything, but you are gaining things. Well, you are missing, you know, color and good graphics, but you know, what, what are you gonna do? It's a Game Boy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, same game. Um just Game Boy graphics and and more content to it. So I was going I was going to buy Kid Dracula once uh once I ever found a good deal on it. Maybe just buy a repro if it gets too crazy. Um but you know with that 
what is my incentive to buy the collection? Because I already have everything else and more, actually. Yeah, uh, right. I think that's the thing is that it's it's not for you and me. That's what I was gonna say. It's not for me because, at all. <laughs> yeah, because we are we already have them, uh, except for Kid Dracula. Um, except for Kid Dracula, but but the Famicom Kid Dracula is like I think I looked it up. It's like twenty or twenty thirty bucks or something like that. Yeah, it's not too bad, um, and you can just ROM hack it to be English. There's a there's a translation uh, hack. I'm pretty sure. And even yeah. still, most people don't play that game in English because it's one of those games where you just kind of don't need too much of what's going on verbally in the game. Um, yeah. And I, I, I've played it for a little bit, and I've watched uh, our buddy Quad Laser play it for a little bit. And, man, is that brutal. Oh, I'm sorry. That the wasn't Quad is... Laser. That was, um, that was Thievery. Never mind. But, yeah. The game is super brutal? Uh, the game is very brutal. Um, it's... It's it's really it's cutesy and and adorable looking, but like I think everything kills you. Okay. And, and it kind of does a little bit of what Castlevania the Adventure does, in that it essentially just tells you to go fuck yourself in the level design itself. Um, mm-hmm. Like there's there was particularly like like this big cartoony. It almost looked like a Kirby game if you didn't know what you were looking at. Um, that's how cutesy it is. But like it was a big like cutesy like airlift elevator to the clouds and the skies. You were going up to the heavens for something. And I think along the way there are enemies that you have to dodge and it's one of those like transition scenes where it's just like, "Whoa, watch out, watch out, don't get hurt." Um I think everything kills you in that and he spent like 30 minutes just going up that 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 sky elevator or something. Oh yeah, you're talking one hit kills. I don't know about one so hit like, kills, but he, oh okay, like basically two hit kills at least. I think. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, you know, classic, know. classic Mario. It sounds pretty sweet. <laughs> I mean, what you're describing. It sounds like it's a challenge, but I, I mean, I'm way more into the idea of playing that than playing more Castlevania: The Adventure. God, fuck yeah. that game. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll probably uh, check out Kid Dracula at some point. Um, but I, I that right that so that's the one thing on there that that I don't have yet. I, I guess even for us though, like the collection might be for someone if if they don't necessarily are super attached to playing on real hardware and they're not big babies about input lag and that kind of stuff. We could also then, talk um, about the elephant in the room too of like the reason I'm actually trying to like mull it over in my head to buy it. Is I mean this game the game has been out for a while it's been out for over a year but it's because limited run games now finally has the rights from Konami to make a physical version and that's what I told myself I was going to wait for but here I am now as it comes out and I go oh me as a physical game collector do I need this physical collection of a (laughs) of games I own physically yeah I was going to say it might just be like like uh, meta pollution. (laughs) <laughs> it might just be convenient to um to have them all in one place you know yeah I, well i mean like not not the uh not so much the the, the whole point of the collection is yeah because i mean who the fuck how many people out there have the hardware to play all the games in this collection everyone wants it for one system and that's that's perfectly fine and awesome yeah um but like the f- the fact that limited run was making it was not bad, but like it makes me go, why if I already physically collected these games before, 
why would I want to buy this specifically? And I wouldn't have such a bone to pick with it if uh, if the stuff that interested me about it didn't come in a collection that's $175. Yeah, I just looked it up and that, uh, I mean, what else is in it besides the game? Dude. It, so it's a physical game, right? You Because I'm looking at the Switch version, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so does that mean that it's on a Switch card? Yeah, has to. The fact that Limited Run makes it? Yeah, okay. I don't think so Limited Run is cool. going to ever give you just a download code. <laughs> right, okay, just making sure. So, oh God, so that's not. cool, but uh, but what, yeah, well, I mean... So it comes with this really cool fucking shadow box, right? It's a lit up, like, bat maybe battery powered, maybe plug-in, I don't know. Probably lit up battery powered uh, shadow box of the art of, like, uh, of Dracula. Like, the classic, like... Uh, Belmont, you know, looking up at Dracula, the painting, um, and it's got like his head enlarged in it, and like it just has like a cool like effect to it. You'd have to see it to really understand what I'm talking about. But like that, an art book, and uh, I'd have to pull it up here to know what everything is in it. But like all what of the hell that is a shadow box. Oh, a shadow box. Okay, so you know how like there's you can have a picture frame, and it's like a 2D framed picture. A shadow uh -huh. box will be like a 3D framed picture where it has depth to it. So like the you can have a picture in the back and put like you know like put it up on a wall somewhere and the room lighting will have it cast a shadow inside itself. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. But uh yeah, so $175 for let's see. Uh that shadow box with like the lighting effect and there is uh, a there's a reversible poster. Kind of wish it just had both posters because both paintings are amazing. Totally, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> kind of pissed about that. They have retro box art prints, which is I guess just tiny little not posters of the original game art. Uh, a steel book, and it has this is something I don't understand. Miniature replica box collection. So it has many little paper foldable boxes or folded boxes like to be replicas of the game cases that they came in originally hmm. i guess if you like knickknacks on your shelf yeah. you know that might be kind of cool and for something like this i was actually still like i'm i'm kind of interested in because it it's castlevania it's such a big thing and it's such a release like I, I don't think Konami's going to do stuff like this again. You know, this is like a one-off thing, and then it's like a special thing for the fans. Um, and I happen to be one of those fans. And I'm just sitting here looking at the stuff that all it comes with, and I'm just like, it's it's just not adding up to 175. <laughs> just yeah. so much. Like, There's an art book, too, or the history of Castlevania, which I'm sure has some good illustration in it, too. But like, yeah, it's quite a bit. It's, if you... Uh, yeah, yeah, it's like a hundred bucks more than their typical collection that looks like this, right? Because I was gonna say, well, if you don't have any of the games, you know, the games are more than that, right? Like I paid more than that for Bloodlines. Yes, but wait, but you did? I think so, dude. I want to. Well, I got it complete in box and all that. Yeah, me uh, too. And I, th I think it was like one eighty. I cheated though. What I did, um. I'm going to shout out a buddy on Twitter here, Retro uh, Repair Corner. Uh, no, no, no. Cliff's Repair Corner. He has three different business names, but Retro Repair Corner, he makes really good high-quality reproduction uh, uh, 
clamshell boxes and for, for mm-hmm. game cases in general and high quality art inserts prints and everything and does uh full colorized manuals for genesis mm-hmm. games which if you know about genesis games their manuals were in black and white it was a cost saving thing um I think there were some that were in color, but the majority weren't. These are fully colorized, actual, like, card, not cardstock, but, like, you know, nice quality, not printer paper manuals. Um, it looks like it's better than from the factory, if I could put it that way. I think 10 bucks I spent on the case manual everything, the works, for my cart-only copy of Bloodlines. So, like... 10 bucks on top of the deal that I fucking got, which was like yeah. 40 bucks for that cartridge. 40 bucks for That's a good lines. deal on the cartridge, for sure. Yeah, I was talking to the store owner for a while, and he was like, yeah, I've seen you in here before. You seem really nice. I'll I'll take 20 bucks off of here. Because I think I had to wait like 10 minutes to talk to the guy. He was really cool, super cool about it. Um, oh sure yeah and i got that well, for 40 cool. bucks i was fucked yeah but yeah that's and if it's outlier. good quality and stuff that's nice but it's a repro it's a repro for yep. for, for the for the case yeah mm-hmm. so uh, but anyway so what my point is though is that it's like yeah you know i i paid you know i i paid the cost of that collection for bloodlines uh and it comes with a bunch more stuff than that so that's cool but if that is what you're going for if you're like yeah i just want to play these games in, in a more affordable way than buying the physical games well, that doesn't mean you got to get the limited run, uh, you know. Oh, absolutely not. You can just buy the straight up game. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. The, the digital game, I think, is pretty cheap, isn't it? Oh, well, I mean, even if you want to get it from limited run, it's not, they're not just selling the collector's edition like that. They have like a, oh. they have like a limited edition, which has just the art with it or something, maybe a steel book. Um, and then the base game, and then the base game itself, you can buy physically from them too. And I think that's just like their normal thirty, which is what I was oh, gonna okay. buy, actually. Yeah, there you go. But I was like, uh, yeah, just I got no reason to buy it now. But you're absolutely right. Now, if you were to lay out the price of all of those games individually, fucking buy this, man. <laughs> mm-hmm. Save yourself hundreds of dollars if you're mm-hmm. okay with collections. Right. If you're not me. I would say, you know, I'd, I'd recommend that. But One of the know, things that I, first first made me stay away from it altogether was that I heard that Symphony of the Night had a couple things changed in it, and the cutscenes were gone. Oh, Or there okay. was a cutscene. No, you know what it was? My friend was like, the whole uh, what is a man scene, you know, mm-hmm. miserable little pile of secrets. Apparently there was something different about that in in, mm. in the collection version. Like, I think he just didn't say something. I don't know. And I was like, well, damn it, I want the absolute original experience. But mind you, yeah, I, yeah. I, I talked to people about this, uh, ap- like, a little bit after that came out. And nobody knew what it seemed to know what I was talking about. I, and I think a few people said it was basically the same game. I was going to say, like, not to discredit your friend, right? There might be something different, but... It could be one of the, uh, it could be a case of of man what what is the phenomenon called? I was trying where, to remember like, this name earlier today and I couldn't remember it. God damn it! Yeah, but just um, where where like you you just remember things a little bit differently than they, they are. Happen, not, well, because yeah. I'm not really talking about the Mandela effect because that's that's a similar thing. That's what I was that thinking maybe, about. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. But right, like a lot of the time, you know, sometimes, you know, you watch an old episode of Futurama or something and you could swear that like this is the line, but then it's different, you (laughs) know? 
Yeah. Um, it, it could be just a, a case of something like that. Could be. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't discredit it, and I still encourage people to buy it just because play Castlevania. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So you've been thinking about getting that. Have you been playing anything? Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's the thing. I I didn't have E3 to bring to the table, but I did do my first like legit on schedule stream for the first time in like a month and a half. And uh I didn't know what to do with it, and I said, "Fuck it. I'm just going to like right now at this point I was just like, "Man, I think I should just stream anything at this point because that'll make Twitch not think I'm dead and then I'll still keep my, you know, ability to monetize advertising and shit." Um but I got the inkling that uh, I really wanted a fishing rod controller. Oh, I think I saw a picture of this. Yeah, and so I bought my fishing rod controller. This is the Agetech PS1 Silver uh, rod controller. And this was made for a game called Bass Landing. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what? I'm just going to... I got that in the mail with Bass Landing for like 30 bucks, and I was like, dude, fishing games are like a cheap way to have weird fun, in my opinion. Um, for you know, yeah, you, for you've been talking about fishing games, yeah, uh, as long as we've been talking. So, <laughs> he, so here we go, you got your controller, but the emphasis was this week specifically because I just have been stoked for getting it. But so, all right. So I, I just go. I'm gonna get all the fucking PS1 fishing games I have together in one fucking place and just play them all on the fishing rod controller. And it was actually pretty interesting, um, and in seeing how the different games reacted. It was a uh, little disappointing in terms of the games that I wanted them to work in. It didn't quite work well in at all, or it just didn't get recognized. But the games that it, they did work in made it like even that much more fun. Um, I don't know. Should I talk about the fishing rod controller or the games? <laughs> well, let's, yeah, let's hear about the controller first. All right. Well, so the controller is this cool like. Uh, all right. It looks like it's not attached to anything, but you absolutely can reel in uh, a line for anyone who's actually playing a game. Uh, in some games, you just have to tap circle in order to reel in. For it's weird, but. Not on this controller. This actually, anything that you would reel in, it works reeling in with this controller. So it works. But uh, the face buttons are like down and to the left of the only analog stick, which is central. And it clicks in like an R3 or L3. And uh, that is used in a way I didn't expect at all because I didn't think it clicked in. You click it in when if... If anyone here fishes and knows what like a bait casting reel is, it's the one where once you, your lure hits the top of the water, you need to put your thumb down on the actual line to stop it from moving and causing a big mess in your in your reel. Um, you actually do that with a few of the with a few of the games. You actually with Bass Landing specifically because that is like a simulation fishing game. I was impressed. You actually have to click it in the second it hits the water. After you cast it, it has mo- it has a, like a little, very like prehistoric motion sensor thing going on here. I think this thing works off of a pedometer. I honestly do. I'm excited to take it apart and clean it, but mostly see that it's probably just straight up using a pedometer to know whether or not you just casted something. It doesn't seem to be. I mean, it does actually have 
a little bit of a, like an analog meter to it where it can kind of tell how hard you cast because in some games that have a power meter it doesn't like get let you have like the whoop whoop and then you just push the button like a like an arcade game it's actually straight up going with that pressure um but it's it's got quite a dead zone to it it's either like you're only casting a little bit or you're only casting full force oh, so yeah. yeah it's it's weird um and i, I need to take it apart because it's all it's all squeaky can't really hear it from here but it's all squeaky and very oh, annoying it. <laughs> oh you've been hearing it nice nice okay yeah it's fucking annoying so i'm gonna like get some <laughs> wd-40 in there or some shit after i clean it but man whole day of fishing games was not something i'd expect so i know everyone is on the edge of their seats to hear what the most the, what the best and the worst fishing games are are you ready yeah let me hear which one worked the best with the controller which one worked the best with the controller obviously i'm gonna say bass landing because uh that game is made by age tech this controller is made by age tech everything uh, about age tech yeah everything about this controller has a purpose in that game and it's even down to choosing the kind of casts that you use like it shows you there's an overhead cast there's the sideways cast there's like uh, a direct down cast and like there's like a skip like you can actually skip your lure across the top of the water can um, i tell you a story sure it's gonna derail you for a minute but it's a fishing story it's like the it's like the only time i've been fishing nice uh I so I'm I'm not a fisher really, but one either. time I'm not either. Uh, I was out with my family on a boat doing doing the fishing thing, and my dad, you know, we were fishing for a while, and my dad did a over the shoulder, you know, overhand cast, and uh, his hook came right up and caught me in the temple. Jesus, that's the he, worst fear. <laughs> as he was casting. Uh, yeah, it got me right. And it was one of those like try hooks, you know, and two of them oh, got in me. Oh. Um, so then, you know, as like this little kid, I got this hook <sighs> in my head. Oh, no! And they took, <laughs> they, you know, they uh, rushed us back to shore and took me to some shack. There was some dude that was like, oh, I don't know what to do. And uh, he, I don't, I don't know what he did. He had like a str- he had like a rubber band, but it was it was cloth, you know, like it was like a stretchy cloth kind of thing. Mm, yeah, just like a little ring. And you know, I can't see it because it's on my temple. But whatever the hell he was doing with it, he used that to like get get out the hook. And uh, I, I remember, you know, I had this hook in my head for a while. And it, and you know, and they had to like cut it while it was in my head, you know, so that they could get just the hooks out because they couldn't get the whole thing out, you know. So they had to like cut the ends off and stuff. And then I just remember when they actually got the hooks out, it was like the most relieving (laughs) feeling in my entire life. (laughs) Just like, oh man, the moment those things were out of my head, I was just like, all right, everything's fine now. So Dash never That's went it. fishing ever again. Yeah, ever <laughs> since then I've been very wary about about fishing poles being around me. I I don't like them hooks swinging around. Trust <laughs> me, I every time and I mean y- you hear lures like sound like they're breaking the sound barrier or some shit cuz you can hear those tiny little things that you think are bugs next to your head for a second and then you realize it's actually just a piece of plastic and three hooks going right next to your head the entire time mm-hmm. i'm just like yeah this is fine nothing wrong here <laughs> <laughs> uh 
So um, anyway, back to re- bass, real uh, bass landing. Sega real bass landing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so Age Tech. I don't know. Age Tech is there, are they a publisher or are they a developer? Because I've heard they've developed a lot of games. Have they? They they are a publisher. I or, know they. They have published some of the rarest PS2 games, like Kuon is a oh, from okay. software game for PS2 that Age Tech uh, published. Yeah, that's right. So, yeah, so Age Tech is just one of those companies, kind of like like working designs, I guess, where they just localize some some low print things, I guess, um, that deserve reprint. I, yeah, I've heard good things about Age Tech every time that I've seen their logo, which explains things because I I think they're the first time I played Armored Core was an Age Tech game, which is from soft mm-hmm. for that game there anyway, you go yep yeah they're, they're good good dudes anyway um bass landing uh it was so realistic such a realistic fishing simulator that i didn't even get a fucking bite the entire time i played it so <laughs> i i moved around in my boat that was a cool thing this is the only fishing game where uh you have control of your own that i've played on ps1 um only one where you have control of your boat like you have straight up the ability to drive your boat somewhere or use the trolling motor up front and it's funny because the trolling motor just sounds like a sine wave signal generator it's just like "Eh." it's the most (laughs) annoying fucking thing (laughs) but it's like it's not bad um the 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 environments don't look bad like the environments are impressive it's 3d kind of area from what i remember yeah because there's a bunch of them that are just like FMV or just like a static image. But I'll get to that. Um, I'm pretty much done talking about Bass Landing at this point because I, I was impressed with the mechanics and never caught a single fish and then put it down. Yeah, yeah. So that one was the best one with the controller. The one that works with the controller, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Now, I, I'm saying the best with a big old asterisk because that was the best that works with the controller but the best fishing game with the controller, and honestly, probably the best fishing game all night, uh, either one or two, Fisherman's Bait. And it shouldn't come as a surprise to you that I, if I'm informing you now, this is a, <laughs> this is a Konami game. And okay. the music is so fucking good and hype. It's this weird 90s Japanese techno kind of sounding like heavy metal guitar but you know it's clearly like midi <laughs> mm-hmm. and it's just like it's like the like imagine like the final fantasy 7 motorcycle chase scene but in the original game imagine that music except you're an excited redneck with a mustache in a in a boat <laughs> and that's oh, what yeah, you're yeah. getting when you have a fish on your line yeah um but it's it's weird how and, and this is Maybe this is why I like retro games so much in general. I love the limitations put on game developers in order to make a game fun. Because if you look at real fishing, I'm talking about real fishing and Fisherman's Bait here, they both use a 2D static image as the environment that you're fishing in. It's, oh yeah, yeah. It's just it's, it's uh, like uh, real it's fishing. Pre-rendered? Yeah, so real fishing does it way better. Uh, and it's a much more relaxing experience. There's like a nice little acoustic guitar going on in the background. Um, mm-hmm. And it looks like you're playing a fishing game inside of... Have you ever been to the mall as a kid and like gone to one of those kiosks where they sell 
for some reason, all they sell are these like light, like backlit photographs of like a brook, a river stream, and then there's like a light show that goes oh, on yep. behind it, and you can kind of see the really shitty not illusion of motion in the water. And, yeah, and they I, play know, I don't noise. even know if I saw those at malls, but I feel like I've seen them at restaurants as like a movie as decor. Thing. Absolutely, yeah. well, they got them from the mall. <laughs> Okay. So, <laughs> so imagine playing a fishing game inside one of those. Uh, it, it has the the shitty, uh, crappy little speaker playing the nature sound effects track on loop, and you can hear the hard click as soon as the track loops every time. Mm-hmm. Imagine you're... As, it, as it rewinds. And, <laughs> and imagine there's some dickhead behind you with an acoustic guitar just sitting down, just like slowly, quietly strumming a ray, and you're like, God damn mm-hmm. it, this is actually relaxing. What the fuck? <laughs> I'm just in a mall with a fishing rod and someone sitting behind me with a guitar that is the experience of real fishing um real fishing r-e-e-l so not r-e-a-l to imply that it's right, a right. not yeah. to be confused with the experience of real fishing, <laughs> really fishing more like the experience of playing bass landing correct yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> sort of if you play it you might not be that close but yeah the closest um but real fishing takes that little uh, 2D thing you're looking at, and it makes a real pretty image. Fisherman's Bait and Fisherman's Bait 2 just give you that straight-up like picture of water beneath uh, a bridge, like just an actual photograph. And then it takes... I don't know the technical terms of how the game is doing this, but it takes like these magnifying line layers and scrolls and throw like makes them scroll downward to give you the simulation that the picture you're looking at has real moving waves of water in it (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's really weird it doesn't look impressive at all but the game still manages to be really fucking hype and and fun as hell because once you get a bite in that little environment that you're fishing in real fishing falls flat of what fisherman's bait does which is fisherman's bait gives you an actual underwater rendering of the fish going up to your bait and snagging it and you can see yourself set the hook in the fish's mouth which is you pulling back on the rod um you get that and then you get (laughs) you get this weird low paid english voice acting put through a 28 kilohertz (laughs) compression filter to fit on the ps1 disc fish (laughs) 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 and then like it's this super hype exciting like and like like with the shitty midi piano like just going nuts in the background while you get Mm -hmm. yourself choosing the direction in which you're going to pull above water and then it just goes like showing underneath water with like the fish that's like panicking and freaking out and then Maybe you'll see the fish like crest above the wave or something and splash out for a second. You're just like, oh, fuck. And you can see the it actually shows you what fish you're going to get. It's not like some generic same like sprite for a fish. Well, in this um, in this game would be 3D model of a fish. You actually see the real fish you're going to pull in when you get it to the boat. So Mm -hmm. if it's something you don't want. What you can do is you can go, fuck it, this isn't a game fish, I'm not after this, it's not, it's not a big enough fish, whatever. You can just cut the fucking line. And the mm-hmm. reason I bring that up is because it's actually relevant. Um, I found this out so many years after literally getting into real fishing or, and playing the demo for Fisherman's Bait. That's how I played Fisherman's Bait as a kid, demo disc everywhere. Um, 
I got into it and then realized, holy shit, why does this have a timer in it? I've always known there's a timer in Fisherman's Bait. It counts down from like 116 seconds, I think. And uh, as soon as it's done, you're done. And if you don't have the amount of like raw fish in your live well, or you don't have the right game fish you were going after, a.k.a. a a bass, um, you don't get points for that. And then I was like, wait a minute. This is weird. This is like an arcade game because you have continues when you run out of time. Oh, okay, yep. And it turns out, sure enough, there's straight up a Konami dedicated arcade cabinet for Fisherman's Bait. And this is the PS1 is an arcade port. <laughs> all right, all right. So now if we're talking about an arcade port and you've got a Fisherman controller, mm-hmm. what were the controls like on the arcade machine? Uh, so I don't know because I've never I didn't know the arcade machine even existed. I looked it up though, and it straight up has a real control, like a, a fishing real controller for that nice. game. And I'm just I saw I'm sitting here thinking, unless this is just really hard to find, like it's rare, because how many people bought a fishing game for their arcade? How expensive could that arcade machine be? Like if <laughs> That's like the number one. Like, I want a Neo Geo so bad. That's my goal. But if mm-hmm. I find like one of those for like four hundred bucks or something, it just needs cleaning, dude. I'm all over it. But in terms of the fishing rod controller, it's nowhere near as in depth as the controls you get on on Bass Landing. But everything works. It just doesn't serve as much of a purpose and. It, it doesn't matter because it's so fun when you, you you cast like this it detects that you cast so obviously it's not like it doesn't have motion controls like the Wii does where the second you cast it's going to cast with you no it just gets that eh, and then your character goes oh okay it's time to cast and then you get the little meter and all that um but you reel it in it works you hit circle uh to to, to like give them some line it works to release tension you know what i mean from your line you don't want to break the line um yep. Everything else, menu selection, it all works. So there you go. If you want a good PS1 fishing game, highly recommend Fisherman's Bait, any of them. Uh, (laughs) So the first one, remember that voice I just told you about? That weird voice that tells you essentially what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Imagine that is also the narrator for the first game too. So when the game starts up, you get this cool, like, weird saxophone on the midi thing going on and then you get fisherman's bait a bass challenge (laughs) and 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 that's what you get and i guess that's what's supposed to attract people to the arcade machine but i never understood it as a kid i was like this is weird i love this (laughs) right right and then uh yeah it was just it was fucking hype um the second game is called i it's weird how they titled it because it seemed like they were actually trying to brand it with something they called it Big old bass, fisherman's big bait bass. two, <laughs> or it's just fisherman's bait two. Big old bass, like the way the graphic design of it has like big old bass up at the top. So a, a lot yeah, of people yeah. might have missed out and might have not known it was an even, even now. A is thing. this the is this the worst of them now? No, that we're talking about this one is on par, equal, or maybe even if not better than fisherman's bait. Um, oh, okay. Because it's the sequel. And it, honestly, it felt like the same exact game. The graphics were basically unchanged. One of the, the biggest differences that I did notice is that when you're reeling in your camera view above water, where your dudes in the boat just reeled it in, you do get a picture in picture of the fish underwater, too. Oh, So you okay. can see them 
coming in faster or fighting and and it still does the cool camera changes of full screen fish struggling underwater maybe splashing yeah. all that stuff it's all really basic shit i'm talking about but it adds mm-hmm. so much to what would be an otherwise pretty boring experience because it's it's fishing you know how if sure, you can sure. make fishing hype that you know that's what it's all about and uh man so bi- so big old bass it's 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 as good maybe a little better mm-hmm. yeah so those are the best of the night i would say and i'm gonna go back to real fishing now because real fishing the first game i believe was an early ps1 game so you get that weird 2d environment like i was talking about but when you go underwater it's still just 2d and the fish you Mm. see are just shitty little sprites and they don't even have very many animation frames there's like one two two or three tail movements and then they come up to your bait and then there's the 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 seemingly one you're only ever going to get which is the and then they just don't get on the line and then they go fuck off um fisherman's bait might have maybe made natsume go and by the way it's a natsume game uh, Harvest Moon, if you're a fan, you probably heard of it. They, they made that. Yeah. Um, so Fisherman's Bait might have just like made them jog their shit a little bit because in the second real fishing game, which I picked up, but I didn't even, I've never seen it before. I was so happy to find it in Second and Charles. Uh, they actually added the whole 3D underwater scene and they did away with the 2D sprites. Um, so they did improve that. But the fishing itself in that, like in the environment, is still really charming but shitty fmv picture that you're looking at um and the game just makes it nowhere near as exciting to catch a fish as the arcadey konami game um so you know eh, i liked it it worked kinda with the the fishing rod controller um it didn't work as good as as the as the uh, konami games definitely not as fast landing but here's, um, you know, it was doable. I played the game with it. I caught a fish with it. It worked. I was, I was satisfied. Here's the weird fucking thing, though. I played Real Fishing 3 for the first time ever on PS2. First PS2 fishing game I ever played. Game actually looks really good. And I'll have a quick note on that in a second. But... The whole controller stop, just doesn't work with the game at all. Like, so that's a PS One controller. It's a PS One right? controller. Now you're talking about playing a PS Two game, but you can use PS One controller like DualShock Ones and a PS Two. You can if you're playing a PS One game, but DualShock Ones aren't pressure sensitive. So I wonder. I'm actually not sure. They aren't pressure what the sensitive. You're right. Is like, but like uh, on on like the DualShock controller, I don't think there are any controls that would use that pressure sensitivity. But that's kind of besides the point. When I'm, yeah, I, I, I'm I, not sure. I don't think there are any PS2 fishing rod controllers, and I've heard everyone say you can just use the PS1 one. Oh, okay. That's what the internet has told me from what I've uncovered so far. So I I, I assumed it would work. Because of the DualShock logic, if that's if that's wrong, then I'm I'm happy to to be proved wrong. And maybe there's a controller that will work. I don't know, but it didn't work at all. The only buttons that worked in 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 Real Fishing Three were the face buttons X and Circle. Like Square and Triangle didn't even do anything. It was weird. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I could like say yes or no, and that was it. And honestly, at that point, I was kind of like, kind of want to say no. <laughs> 
Cause, yeah. Oh, yeah. You just use a controller at that point if you're yeah. going to play the game. Like, I, mm-hmm. I would just have to use a controller, but the whole night was me celebrating using this. And I was like, yeah. Fuck this then. So, um, unfair uh, shitting on of that game. I'll have to pick, come back to that. But that gets me to the last game, which is. God, it was. Man, I don't even remember what it's fully called. It's a marine fishing game by Take Two Interactive. And okay. I don't know. Okay, so I know Take Two Interactive as a name nowadays. In fact, when I was looking up earlier on in the podcast, what all companies do their own kind of show as opposed to doing an E3 thing now, apparently Take mm-hmm. Two Interactive has their own thing. Like their own presentation. That's not surprising. They're pretty big. I want. Doesn't Take Two own Rockstar? I don't think so, but man, their logos look similar, actually. Hmm. Like not too similar, but like the the line work of them it does. I well, I, I just looked up Take Two on Wikipedia, and it does say one of their products is the Grand Theft Auto series. Okay, so they they're huge. Um. Mm-hmm. In the PS One area, every Take Two uh, labeled title I've played has been utter shit, <laughs> <laughs> like the worst. Um. I don't. I'm not even going to spend too much time talking about this. The fishing rod controller works in the game for casting and i i can't honestly remember if it worked for reeling it in i think it i think it did work reeling it in yeah so it it, it did work really good in but my problem with reeling it in was the sound of the game first of all you're on the ocean right you're deep sea fishing um and there is no water noise whatsoever <laughs> No noise at all to imply that you're in an ocean, except Aww. maybe you'll hear some birds every here and there. And the bird noise is like a seagull chirp, and it's super loud and super jarring. <laughs> it's awful. So you hear that, and you see this big PS1 field of blue jello just rising up and down, like making no sound whatsoever. It's surreal. And then like just screeching out of nowhere for like every other like i think i counted it was like something crazy it was like 12 seconds every 12 seconds you heard this fucking bird um Mm -hmm. and when you cast you depending on the lure you're using like if you're using a spinner bait you're going to want to reel in because that gets the spinner moving makes it look attractive to a fish um looks like something it wants to chase so (laughs) so you so you reel it in and then you're greeted with the chorus of a surprisingly realistic, although how hard is it to make a realistic click noise of your reel reeling in like an actual big deep sea saltwater kind of rig you got going. It's actually going to click a whole bunch while you're reeling in. It's, it's a pretty satisfying noise, actually. But that's the only thing you hear. That's all you hear in this weird silent field of blue jello and a screeching dinosaur up above. And, and and once you actually maybe get a bite, you get this weird... Uh, okay, I don't want to go too much into my deepest fears because my enemies could be listening, but I don't want to ever be in the open water ever in the ocean and look down and not mm-hmm. be able to see the floor and know that I'm in incredibly deep water. You just see deep blue and then nothing. I don't want to be in that situation. 
This mm-hmm. game takes the camera and puts me right in that fucking situation. For some reason, this game doesn't give you like an underwater, hey, we're in with the fishes. We can look around and look at the fish. We don't get that view. We get straight the fuck down. I just rode a little boat over here with my waterproof lens and looked into the water. And what do I see? In the screaming abyss, abyss. I see (laughs) five, like a sailfish over here, a swordfish over here, just like silently like like it's like i'm looking in like a cooler and these fish are like the size of coins and they're just looking up at me like what is happening <laughs> mm-hmm. it's this like it's it's like you just you get invited to this weird like fucking Chuck E. cheese show except they're all fish and it's looking from top down <laughs> it's like they're, hang on <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna explore this abyss thing so you don't want to be looking down into the water and see that it's a million feet deep i don't want to be in but, water at all if it's okay because you were saying that like the the other games gave you like an underwater camera on the fish yeah but and they, that would have been okay yeah but they're all lake and river fishing this is saltwater deep oh, sea okay fishing. so yeah. so even so so if 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 it's in the abyss right and you mm-hmm. just see this one fish that's also unsettling <laughs> also gotcha, unsettling gotcha. but it was just weird how many you see and they're all just looking up at you <laughs> it's yeah. so weird or maybe i had the perspective wrong and maybe it was like the weird ass end view camera of the bait or something i don't know it was just well, I just so think it's interesting because the the abyss thing is is just a, a generally interesting fear like oh, uh, that's my biggest I, I've never thought of myself as being particularly worried about it, you know. Uh, but when I played uh, Outer Wilds, and sometimes in that game you do something to just like all of a sudden you're just in space. Um, <laughs> it was very, very unsettling to me to like oh my God. suddenly be in the middle of space. Spacewalks, like, dude. The, the the idea that you're moving at what is it? You have to be moving at like 800 miles an hour in the Earth's like upper atmosphere to be in orbit or something. Uh, yeah, I know you need to be moving eight or eight miles a second in order to be mm-hmm. in orbit, and 11 miles a second to leave orbit. Um, Jeez, you're going way too fucking fast, uh, and you're above the Earth, and <laughs> you're not in any kind of distance where having a parachute's going to make you feel a little bit better. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, you're 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 up there, and you look up, and you just see pitch black because the brightness of Earth drowns out the stars. So all you see is black, and the one thing that you're <laughs> hopefully tethered to for dear life, um, and you're in a suit that is scientifically proven to have microscopic rips and tears in it from literal radiation and and at tiny meteors like microscopic meteorite particles going at you at a million miles an hour and mm-hmm. you're worried about like your uh, your <laughs> the pressure in your suit just you know there's so many things that could go wrong in space but the biggest fear is uh not being able like just you, you ever seen how ast- astronauts work on things? They put their hammer up here and they leave it there. And they work over here. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Imagine being the hammer that's left there, except now right. you're like one millimeter outside of that astronaut's reach. You're that hammer forever now. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's And that's kind of, I don't know what's ter- more terrifying, drowning 
or just slowly waiting to suffocate on my own carbon dioxide or maybe a, something happens in my suit and all my blood bursts out of my body from rapid decompressurization. Yeah, space is word. terrifying. <laughs> now, so I mentioned Outer Wilds a second ago. That game isn't, ne- it isn't quite so visceral as far as some of that space stuff goes, mm-hmm. uh, but it's in there, and I, I would very, very much recommend uh, that you play Outer Wilds. I'm actually it's, it go ahead. Uh I was just going to say it's one of those games where the less you know about it the better, right? Like yeah. you need to go into it 100% blind, less you know the better, but fucking trust me, you have to play it. And there uh, you go, that's my recommendation. Outer Wilds being this open world space thing. Right? Uh it is a it, it is a uh space exploration game. Um, not to be confused with the outer world. Yeah, yeah, I confuse it all is, the time. Yeah, yeah. So now nah, I'm talking about Outer Wilds. It's like an indie game. Yeah, the the <laughs> I'm I'm kind of glad you brought up uh brought up my my worst fear, um because it kind of coincides with another game I've been playing um that's also related to fishing. I just got in to Sea of Thieves. Have you ever oh. played that? No, but I've seen a decent amount of it streamed. I didn't watch any much of it streamed because I heard it was kind of lacking in content and I didn't want to spoil myself for anything that is there. But Sea of Thieves, um, I learned as I started the game up that it was a Rare game. I didn't know it was made by Rare. Um, Mm -hmm. That was cool enough, but I got into the idea after seeing and remembering footage of just how insanely good and realistic the waters look in that game. Yeah. Like the ocean is fucking phenomenal in that game. Um, and I was like, you know what I miss the most? I miss Valheim. I don't play Valheim enough, but what did I do love doing in Valheim the most? I loved building a boat and then sailing places because it was risky. And like, yeah. wait a minute, that's all Sea of Thieves is. So <laughs> I, I picked it up, and sure enough, dude, there's, like, you know how in Valheim when you're sailing, you just pick a direction, hopefully it's in the wind, and you go W or D to increase your sail or th- to have more throttle and such? Yeah. There's there's more intricateness to that in Sea of Thieves, which I love. So it's instead of that, that whole component is broken into three different tasks. You have the person steering... You have the person who can, well, this is not three people, but it's three jobs. Um, One person can manage it all pretty easily if they're good at the game. But you have the person who's steering. You have the person who can control the amount of sail you have set down. It can be full sail. You can trim it up, and it's like it's not on or off. It's the whole spectrum of, of getting wind. And then you have the other control, which I don't really know what it's called, but it it takes those sails and turns them. So if you need to go a certain direction, can't really counter sail against the wind or whatever, uh, you can actually turn the sails with the direction of the wind and go faster than if you were just to be going against the wind the whole time and then trying to put your sails up because you don't want the wind resistance and that stuff. Um, Oh, and there's anchors. Anchors on all three ships in the game. 
So mm-hmm. in order to stop and not be adrift, it's so you have to lower your anchor. And uh, the bigger the boat, the heavier the anchor is, and the more people need to be on it for you to be able to raise it. Like you, It's one of those things where you stand and push in a circle, and there's like other people on the other end. If they push, it double, or doubles the time you can you know spin it and get around and actually get out into the water again. Um, or not, slash not be defenseless from other people trying to blow up your shit. It has cannons, has harpoons. It's insane. Um, a lot of intricacy in, in sailing as far as a video game goes, more so than I've ever played. Mind you, I haven't played, like, I, I assume there's, like, a sailboat simulator game out there. I don't know. Um, but it has all that going for it. And you explore uh, a whole open world sea kind of thing. And, uh, you know, you find treasure on islands and you find treasure maps. You attack other pirates. There are other people in your server that will probably try to attack you and steal your shit. It's it's a lot of fun, actually. It's it's a lot of risky setup business with, <laughs> with uh, really good graphics. And the reason I brought it up was because the sea in it, I was talking about how good the ocean is. It is just as equally realistic looking and terrifying below the water too. So mm-hmm. my biggest fear is not just being out adrift in the ocean like that. My biggest fear is being adrift in the ocean like that while being next to anything that just happens to be size-wise immense. Like mm-hmm. that can be my only lifeline, AKA a ship and I'll be terrified because I know what happens next to the 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 stern of a boat uh (laughs) all the way down by the water line and below there's propellers down there so i'm immediately terrified of being chopped up or something like that you know uh or or sucked into it or something i don't know but like anything big yeah submarines are terrifying to me um this is really (laughs) stupid but like you know when you lose your remote uh, yeah. and you're trying to look in your in your cushions for it i'm all if you have like a recliner chair i'm always or like a rocking recliner chair i'm i've always been afraid to stick my hand in them to try to find the remote me too i'm like i don't know they got like gears moving around yeah. and shit. i'm gonna lose a hand if i put it in there there's like springs in there and honestly as a kid i actually got a rusty like long tight coil spring stuck in like the webbing of my thumb between my you know oh, my hand no. right there it was just like a fish hook it hooked me just like a fucking fish hook at the end and i'm sitting there with this thing like you know because it has it's a spring it has tension it's like it like bounces but like you have to break it to bounce it because it's so tight and i've got this thing i'm like mm-hmm. freaking out and it's like bounce reacting in my hand like freaking out like no oh man see yeah. i was bringing it up as like a silly irrational fear no no it's <laughs> rational <laughs> Okay, well, let me explain this. I didn't find that spring in a recliner. I just had. I just picked up a spring because I was. I'm a kid, and I go, "Hey, look at that really cool stick." Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. It might have been like a trampoline spring then, even. Yeah. But in Sea of Thieves, underneath that water is the hull of your ship, and I am. Mm-hmm terrified of just looking at the hull of my ship under the water because <laughs> it's like yeah. you look down you go oh my god this is what i'm just like floating on top of in this mm-hmm. thing that looks like it could break at any moment and of course when you find the other big things in the water that aren't you or other players 
you realize how fragile your ship actually is and then you're just like oh no it's it's just it's an all-around terrifying experience while also sometimes being gorgeous because it's like tropical weather in the sunlight and all that and it's it's pretty and, the, and as soon as like the you get a cloud in the sky the what the waves turn dark and it's just terrifying all around oh yeah yeah that game's great yeah though. The I, I from what I've seen of it, I love the visual style of it, um, particularly the water, like you're saying. And yeah, what I've heard about it is that especially if you're playing at co-op, just the act of like sailing is way more fun than any so other. So relaxing game that's done too, it. yeah. Um but I have heard that like once you're over that initial fun of like just crewing up your ship and doing like how did it is that you play the game uh that it does run out of things to do very quickly yeah uh, that aren't just you know keep doing the same thing yeah this, and that's i think why they've been putting and i i assume they've been putting a fuck ton of money into buying up you know property rights and shit or something i don't know but they have a dlc out now and it literally just came out and i think it's called a pirate's life and it's actually the cast in like weird 3D graphics of the game of Pirates of the Caribbean. Like it has Captain Jack Sparrow. Uh, it has uh, all the other characters from Pirates of yeah. the Caribbean. <laughs> um, Davy Jones, I think, was one guy. Was was Davy Jones like the first movie original ship captain, like the little Quaker looking dude, Quaker Oats? <laughs> no, he had the octopus face. Oh yeah, oh yeah, he is in there actually as a villain. I think I haven't started any of that stuff though because I just kind of got into the game, learning the ropes literally of uh, sailing, and uh, I'm kind of getting my friends into it. And I think we're getting we're we're waiting for one more friend to get into it before we start doing the content of the game like for real and then explore that. So. Mm-hmm. Even if, you know, that thing has a pretty short lifespan as DLC, it's still something we get to do together, and it's it's fun. I don't know. It's fun yeah, to be, sure. like, it, it's fun to just, okay. So it's definitely a game you want to play with people because it's way more fun with people. But I played it by myself, and after a while did get bored because I wanted to play with people. Um, and I found what I wanted to do was just take a boat, go sailing, and then try the fishing because you actually come with a fishing rod um and the fishing in it is actually more intricate and in depth than any other video game that is not a fishing video game it just has fishing in it like the fishing side game mini games whatever this is the most realistic one or intricate one and like suspenseful too it's like um you just kind of it's it's not like you reel in and you have like a kind of like a spinner lure it's just a normal bobber with bait on it and you throw it out and like you wait and you wait and like once there's a fish that will bite it that comes by the camera does this cool little thing where if you're just looking forward it takes your it takes your head and just kind of like nudges you down and kind of zooms in very slightly to your line so it forces you to go oh what's this and some people may like that, some people may not, but like for the people playing a game that's not about fishing, they probably don't mind it at all. Um, and you can actually wait, and as soon as you see it nibble, you actually have to set the hook, and you actually have to pull against the direction the fish is going, and then you actually have to wait a, 
a realistically abnormal for a video game long amount of time for that thing to tire itself out before you can start reeling it in. And mm. it also has tension. You, it snaps pretty easy. You have to worry about going up and down with your rod, like going down to the water and relieving that tension that way. Um, I don't think you release it too far away in distance. But yeah, it's, it's, it's actually pretty good for a fishing game. And of course, once you reel it in, you actually hold it up because that game has a strangely intricate like item design where if you get an item you hold that item yeah if if it's if it's treasure you can't hold or pick up anything else you have to put Mm -hmm. the treasure down and it's kind of like that for food items too it's like you don't just open up a menu and go oh i want to eat this 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 and this and you right click everything and all of a sudden your health is full it's one of those things where you hit it and then you pull out like your character actually physically pulls out like a a banana or something you'll just be holding a banana and here's the other cool thing it's not just a one-use thing Every every item in there, seemingly every item, has like a normal function, but like the right click will make it so your character holds it out to in front of you. Like if another character is near yeah. you, they can just come grab that banana if you're holding it out. If you're holding mm-hmm. up a map, which you do need to do because you need to go in your map room after you accept a quest to figure out where you are, you can look at the map. And then you have to go away from the map and then look at your little quest map that shows you where the X is on the spot, what island it is, what it looks like. So then you can go to your big map and go, oh, that island looks like this island. Let's sail there. Um, yep. And then hopefully you're right. But like, in order to not be an, as an, you know, in, not, in order to not be annoyed by that process, you can just have a teammate come up and hold that quest map out, and he flips it around and shows you the face of the map while you're actually looking down. I was like, dude, this encourages teamwork in a way that I've never seen a video game require it so like intricately, like specifically. specifically. Um, yeah, that's really cool. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's, there's a lot in the mechanics and maybe not a whole lot of content behind it because for years before this, you just went around to islands and you fought skeletons or a ghost and then you took their treasure and you sold it at a merchant and that was it. Yeah, but for people who do like that, though, I mean, I know people where, uh, like, once Sea of Thieves came out, it's it's all they play. Yeah. Um, you know, even though for some people there's not enough in it, but... Uh, you know, there's one person I used to watch on Twitch, but when Sea of Thieves came out, they just became a full-time Sea of Thieves streamer. Damn. Uh, forever, you know? And <laughs> I will say, though, I, I, I kind of get to that point sometimes when I play even this early on in the game. And I think it's because, and I, I guess I didn't really put it together until now, but I compare it back to Valheim again. The thing I loved about Valheim was I was sailing and actively discovering and uncovering a map of which no one else had because each world is different being that it's procedurally generated. The mm-hmm. map in Sea of Thieves is just a universally shared open sea map and it is a Oh okay. It's a big a nice big sea uh to to sail through, but you definitely can get to the corners of the map like within a fairly short amount of time. Um mm. just sail for a little bit at full speed and then like maybe like 10 15 minutes you're there. Um and and <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Is it spoilers for a game like Sea of Thieves? It's <laughs> I don't, don't want to. Okay, oh, so I don't care about spoilers. All right. Well, in Valheim, 
okay do you care about valheim spoilers because did i tell you this already uh i think i, I told you i have sailed at the end of the map edge of the world yeah did i tell you what valheim happens already did i tell you what's at the end of the map though i i've done it okay good so you've fallen off the edge yes okay love that i was a little disappointed that it was just so unceremoniously like ah, and then i died and but i was terrified of it i, I was, was so too scared it was, it, <laughs> it was weird like i'm sailing to the edge of the map and it's like i don't know how the game is going to behave i'm like is there going to be an invisible wall am i just going to fall yeah. out of this like what or is is the wind going to blow against me to stop me like what's going to happen and then yeah you just fall and you fall in like we're talking about you fall into the abyss dude yeah. and you're like fuck all of a sudden i'm in the abyss before i even know what's happening yeah and i i have the i have the desire to do that in sea of thieves too and i'll let you know about that in a second but the thing i love about sailing in valheim was that i was actively uncovering a map i was i felt being like i felt like i was being productive by just dicking around and help mm -hmm. i was helping out the rest of the the people by showing them oh hey there's an island over here maybe it has that boss on it we can go to it later you actually have to yep. sail to find bosses in that game and uh, and with this, it's just one big open map. So you kind of just all the islands are the same; they're in the same place. It's just who's what and where. Um, but when you get to the end of the map in in Sea of Thieves, it is terrifying. But like, it's not. I, I guess it's because it's not a Norse mythology thing. But the the end of the map just doesn't end. It's not just a waterfall into nothingness. Um, what happens is, first of all, you leave the square. And after you leave the square, all the islands are pretty much gone out of sight. You're just sailing in water. And then after the square of the map is gone and you're just kind of sailing into uncharted water, the waves will just get a, kind, of, kind of get bigger. Like the seas will get a little bit rougher. Uh, there'll be a storm over here or there whatnot. But once you go off the map, like literally off the paper map itself, uh, you're going into like this dark area. Man, it gets kind of, kind of even more terrifying. So the water and the air, the mist around—it gets really misty around you. The water turns red, and more and more red, and more and more red. The sky turns red. It gets like the ash starts falling down a little bit, from what I remember. Like kind of like how Valheim at, at actually, but it also yeah. Depends. If you go to the Ashlands, yeah, yeah. And there's the Ashlands there, and like you're, it, dude. I'm sitting here with my buddy in the boat. We're just two-manning it. Like, okay, uh, there's damage being incurred on the ship. We can tell because noise is starting to happen as waves hit me. And everything is just blood red. It looks like we're in this map here. Like, it looks like we're in Doom. Except we're, yeah. it's, it's in the ocean, and the ocean waves are big, and they're scary, and now there's blood. So he's, he's below the deck, and he's, he's putting up wood on all the holes, and there's just more and more holes coming. And he says, dude... He's on the bottom deck. There's three. There's three layers of this particular boat. He's on the very bottom, repairing the hole. He's like, dude, I, 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 I can't, I can't. The it starts drowning him out of that floor. So there's so much just blood just piling up in the bottom of the boat, pooling up. And he's going to the next level. He goes, oh my god, there's more holes, and he just keeps puncturing holes in the ship. And he's just like taking the bucket and then just sh just shoving blood out of the ship while we're going down. And all of a sudden, you know, another a wave just comes over the top, and we're underneath the water enough to where the wave washes clean over the ship. And then, yeah, we just start sinking, and it's 
terrifying because the music also makes it more terrifying. I didn't mention the music, yeah. but the music gets oh, it's scary. Yeah, I, that sounds really cool. That sounds like kind of what I sort of what I wanted Valheim to do, honestly. But I, me too. I, I but like I just. What, I like what Valheim did, but I was kind of hoping it would be something like that, where like, yeah, it goes on forever, but it gets fucked right away. Yeah, mm. I, I just wanted there to be some kind of evil, gigantic sea creature out there that just ends us quick at some point, though. But it never happened. Yeah. You just kind of just mm. see how long you can last. <laughs> yeah, and then for no reason, because there's nothing out there, you just are now watching, like poking your head underwater and watching your gigantic ship just go into the red, bloody abyss, and now you're just in the water, and there's nothing mm. out here, <laughs> and it's terrifying. <laughs> Sweet. Let's see if thieves. Yeah, you know, it's it seems like a it seems like a cool game if the if if you got your co-op buddies to play with. Yeah, yeah, and people are real dicks in it too. <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm oh, right because it's a multiplayer game. Yeah, or like it, uh, not just cooperative. Yeah, man, me me and him like before we set sail to to do all that, we just we're passing by a, a an outpost, which is where you sell all your shit. Neutral ground, you know, but friendly fire is on for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, we see a boat, and it's a bigger, it's a big, pretty, like beautiful boat. They, they these people have put money into paying to have the paint and everything. Um, and we passed by. I was like, why don't we just buzz them? Because like they weren't they weren't being dicks to us. We just we found them, so we just decided to sail up. So we just buzzed them on the right side. And uh, I'm just sitting here with my accordion out, just playing. Like, hey, what's up? Hey, how you doing? We're sailing by, just trying to be friendly. Thirty cannonballs just come right our <laughs> way, right in my face. Just and like my boat sunk like maybe twenty feet going that way and then i was like wow there's a bunch of fucking dicks <laughs> mm-hmm. so we spent the rest of the game chasing them down and failing at killing them every time because they have <laughs> much better equipment than we do and at one point like we 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 ditched our boat and we swam on the other side of an island just to get on their boat and try to like fuck it up but we couldn't like they kept spawning on their boat. We killed them all, and we thought they would spawn like at the outpost, but no, they just kept spawning on the boat. And it was just two of us versus four of them. And I was like, God damn it. I really wanted to like sink their boat or steal it. One or the other. Yeah. <laughs> Not that it matters, because in that game, nothing's actually permanent. Like a session... Depending on like if you just do the normal uh, free sale, a session is a session. You don't you don't keep your treasure. You keep your gold that you sell treasure for. But if you have treasure and you die, you lose it or mm-hmm. stuff like that. It, you can go back and find it. But if it's in water, five minutes is all you get before it starts sinking. Mm-hmm. So people online are dicks, but if you if if you can have fun, I recommend it. Yeah, excellent. Well, that sounds good. Yeah, cool. We hit the two hour mark almost too. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, uh, yeah, pro- um, next time, ask me about, uh, I've, I've been playing some Final Fantasy X-2. Oh, I'm, I'm and, excited to uh, hear about this because I've never played it, but I beat ten. Okay, great, yeah. So we can talk about ten next time, and then and I'll tell you about ten two. <laughs> so, Stoked for it. Yeah, come back for that. Yep. Well, if that's all, I guess we can end it here. Yeah, thanks for uh thanks for chatting. Yeah. And thanks you guys for listening. We appreciate all the downloads, all the live people hanging out in the uh YouTube streams. Um oh shit, I just realized we have to work to get this on the other platforms yeah, too. We got to get the audio up. 
Um, we're paying for hosting, mm-hmm. and we're not putting these episodes up. Anyway, we'll fix uh, that I'm soon. I'm getting them up there. Oh, are you? I actually yeah. I, I assumed I was. Okay, nice. Awesome. Well, we got some up there. Anyways, we are uh, Invictus Knox and Dash Retro. We can both be found on Twitch and Twitter. Um, and here on YouTube, as all the way down, give us a follow or subscribe. Anyway, thanks for hanging out, dudes. See you later. Later, guys. Bye.